What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And this week we are talking about why we live a sober lifestyle um, and if we've always lived a sober lifestyle, which, spoiler alert, we have not. But I will say we tried to record this podcast episode last week and we now have two microphones so we're not like in each other's faces and it just that we had some technical difficulties so here we are trying again I think it's gonna go much better this time but since last week since we last talked to you guys we got a new member of the family who did we get the little girl snoring in the corner right now you might hear some very light snoring her snores are not nearly as bad as cows but we have we have a Kane Corso puppy her name is Kona she is eight weeks old and we have just been trying to adjust to life with basically a new baby so how has that been going we're very tired <laughs> so it's uh no sleeping round two She's up every night at 2 o'clock. Usually she wakes me up to go out, um, but there's usually one accident between 2 and 4 o'clock. So it's going up to take her out at 2, going up to take her out at 4, cleaning up, getting up for real around 6 to try to recover a little sleep. But uh, she's good. We've, she's been awesome. We're just trying to survive good. this. We've been a little bit ripe lately. I've I had a little bit of a hard time with it. Um definitely not ready for another human baby anywhere in the near future but on to this week's topic so alcohol you guys know i've posted about this recently on instagram i've talked about it before um, but every time i post about it i do get questions and um, not concerns but just people who are intrigued by how we are able to not drink Um, i think it's just become such a normal thing obviously here in the U.S., but all over the world. And I'm going to start off by saying we're not telling you what to do. Um, As always, we just practice what we preach and we just try to show you guys how you can evolve your lifestyle into a more healthy and happy lifestyle. So take all of this, um, everything that we're going to talk about today just from our perspective and, you know, take little chunks of it here and there that you can apply to your life. At the end, I will list a couple of books that might help help you navigate this topic for yourself that have helped me. But why don't we kind of just start by going through our own personal journeys with alcohol and, you know, where this all kind of started. Uh, like most people, I started drinking in high school. I actually started a little bit later than everyone else. I think I didn't drink until like the end of my junior year. But from there, it was all downhill. So going into college, we were the party house. We probably drank like most weeks, a minimum minimum of four or five days, usually five or six. And it wasn't just like a few beers. It was getting absolutely hammered. So my kind of running joke is I drank more in those two or three years than most people do in their entire lives now that I'm sober. Um, but I've been sober for about seven years. I think ironically I stopped drinking once I turned 21 or very soon thereafter. Um, just because on my side, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to go sober at that point, um, but I was dealing with some health issues. So I have Barrett's esophagus. Basically, that means my esophagus is eroded to the point where it looks like my intestinal lining, and that uh, potentially puts me at a greater risk for cancer. Um, so I was dealing with some crazy stuff. I felt like I was having a heart attack every night, chest tightness, difficulty breathing. 
Um, nobody could figure out what it was. And I got my lungs tested, my heart tested. I got everything. I went through the run of the mill. And it wasn't until I was studying for my fitness nutrition specialization that I came across this disease, Barrett's esophagus. I said, I have all these symptoms, brought it to my gastroenterologist. He said, this is an old person's disease. There's no way you have this, but we'll do an endoscopy anyway. Um, so obviously we found out that I did in fact have that. So it was a, uh, a big lifestyle change for me. Um, and we'll kind of talk about like the friends and social aspect of this in a little bit, but to kind of keep moving forward, my biggest priority was my, my health, staying healthy and, uh, you know, avoiding this getting to the next stage. Um, and fast forward to today, it actually did. So I don't have cancer, but I have uh, dysplasia, which means the cells are changing. I'm in the first stage of that. So there's GERD, which is gastrointestinal reflux disease. That's the kind of initial heartburn issue. And, you know, you've got you've got that really consistently. The next stage of that is Barrett's esophagus, where it's really begun to erode. Um, the next stage is what I have now, which is where the cells are beginning to change. And then the next grade of dysplasia is the cells are about to change to cancer and then it's esophageal cancer. So we're going to nip this in the bud. Um, I have a few treatments. I had surgery a few weeks ago. Um, I was hoping for the all clear, but they told me this was happening. So now I have probably two more surgeries to go in with radiofrequency ablation, I think I believe it is. Um, basically, they, they're, they're going to burn this off and we're going to hope that healthy, healthy tissue grows back from there. But that's why I initially switched to a sober lifestyle. I can say I'm much... I can say with a lot of confidence that I definitely appreciate the life I live now more than the one that I was previously. Um, I'm absolutely a better person because of it. Um, but that's my background in, in that transition from a heavy drinker to the sober lifestyle. Yeah, mine obviously is a little bit different than that, but kind of some similarities there. So I also started drinking like most people in high school um, pretty heavily on the weekends. And then once I got to college, my first, I would say, two to three, three years of college, it became much heavier. So I was probably drinking anywhere between four to seven nights a week sometimes. And it was always with the intent to get drunk and, you know, black out. We would carry around boxes of wine with us. And it was just, it was, I like almost cringe thinking back to what it was, but um, you know, at that time, I just thought it was something that everybody did. It was something that was normal. Everybody in college drank. It was just the cool thing to do. You met people that way. You would fit in that way. Um, and everybody around me was doing it. So there really wasn't a question as far as if I was going to do it. It was just like, okay, this is what you're doing and this is college and this is how you live your life. Um, and I think that you know, it, it got to the point where I started to find fitness. I declared my major as an exercise science major, and that kind of transitioned me into the whole bikini competition thing. And if you guys know bodybuilding and how that all works, you have to be really strict with your diet. So drinking couldn't be a part of that. So that was kind of like my hard stop from drinking. Um, so I was still, I was in my final year of school at this time. I took a good four months off to do this bikini competition and train for it. And I realized how good I could feel by not drinking. And I did miss out on a lot, or I thought I missed out on a lot of, you know, friend stuff and going out to the bars and all of that. Um, but 
it just really kind of opened my eyes to a whole different lifestyle and different perspective. So once I finished school that year, I moved out to San Diego, which was where Josh was, and that's where we met. And, you know, I think I drank maybe two or three times after that bikini competition. And once I moved out there, I decided that it just wasn't something that I wanted to continue doing, knowing how much life I had left to live. And just I liked to remember my days and my nights and then I met Josh and it kind of was like a breath of fresh air knowing that he also didn't drink so it was just kind of the right thing at the right time and having his support obviously made a huge difference and made it a lot easier but at the same time there were still you know nights out and certain things that I was like hmm I kind of miss it um so we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more in the whole friendship and socialization aspect of it but that's kind of my side to it it's been six over six years now that I've had a drink and I honestly just feel so good I would never go back to drinking at this time so why don't we kind of talk about how having each other not drinking was helpful do you think that before you met me did you were you challenged more in that aspect than having and having someone there who was also sober it wasn't necessarily a challenge on my end because i physically couldn't drink like it i didn't enjoy it because i stopped getting drunk it just made me super uncomfortable not like socially but my stomach and my chest and my heart were literally unbelievably uncomfortable so it wasn't so much that it was difficult to not drink it was just frustrating being around a bunch of a bunch of drunk people and being the only sober person so i think having someone absolutely made that easier and it allowed me to continue being social as opposed to just staying home and avoiding everything altogether which is pretty much where i was at because it was so unenjoyable being around that um once people get to that level it's just if you're not on that level then it's uh it's not enjoyable so that was definitely a big support. I would have been much more isolated without having you with me. Yeah, I agree. And like for me at that point, that was when I moved across the country. I had you and maybe a handful of other people that I knew in San Diego at that time. So, you know, it, it wasn't like I was able to go out and drink and meet people like it just that wasn't the case. So I think that having you and having the people that were around us kind of made it easier in a way and made it easier in the sense that or if I was home and I didn't have that move and we never met and I was alone trying to do this I don't know that I would have been so successful at first Um, but looking back on it now um, why don't we kind of talk about the struggles with friends and having friends and family accept you not drinking and you know what we've gone through in that aspect so when you first stopped before you met me before anything how did your friends respond and kind of talk about that there was a ton of backlash it was you know initially when i when i was going out they wanted me to drink you know it was constant pressure they just didn't understand what i was going through what i was dealing with and you know that my health and my life literally depended on not drinking so it was tough and those relationships kind of took a step back and I actually lost a handful of relationships because of that because that was all we did together. Um, but eventually my inner circle finally understood why I was doing it. They didn't love it, but they still supported it. And then they were just trying to encourage me to go out and you know just be with them while they drank and stuff. Like I said, it was, was still something I kind of avoided until 
you know, I had a sidekick. But they eventually came around to it. The people closest to me did. Um, but it was a wicked learning curve, and it was frustrating for them. It was frustrating for me. Nobody was really on the same page, and that's kind of what made it the most difficult because even though I was in a position where I really couldn't drink and it should have been an easy decision, it wasn't. It was it was pretty difficult weekend after weekend to, to maintain that. Yeah, I think that is the number one question that we get from you guys asking us, like, how do we navigate the friendship side of things and the socialization? Like, how do you handle not going out to meet people or not being around your friends? And it's a really hard thing. But at the end of the day, the people who that who do care about you and who do care about your overall well-being will come around and they will understand. And if there's people in your life who give you crap for it or hate on you for it or just you know aren't supportive of it that says more about them than it does about you and you kind of have to question is this person really someone that I want in my life if they can't support a simple decision like not drinking you're you not drinking should not affect how they live their life if that makes sense and it's something too where you know there is the more extended social aspect of it where people use drinking to bond. They use drinking to meet new friends like you're talking about. And if there was one thing that I missed, that absolutely is it. And that's probably one of the biggest barriers for most people is that's how they socialize. That's how they meet new people. That's how they're, they're going out and doing these things. But I think the best thing that we kind of discovered was once you extend your circle and you're doing these different things, you're going to find more like-minded people. So whether it's people at the gym or, you know, you're out in San Diego on hikes and the parks and just and whatever it is, the more you surround yourself with people doing the things that you enjoy and that you continue to do, the more that kind of opens up and you realize that it doesn't have to revolve around drinks to socialize. You guys can all be doing these other things together that you all enjoy. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier, especially when you understand you're not limited to just going out to bars to meet people. Um, and to be honest, there isn't anyone that I met in a bar that I'm still friends with today. So just like Josh said, like the people that are in your life are people that you want to be like minded and surround yourself with to ultimately be a better person. So again, if someone's giving you hate for it or pushing back against it, kind of just, you know, be open and honest with them, have that conversation. And if they can't come to terms with it, then that's on them. It's not on you. Um, drinking is obviously a big part of our culture and it's just like I said in the beginning something that's become normal and I feel like a lot of people also just don't realize that they don't have to do it it's almost become this like automatic thing whether you're a new mom or you know you you have kids or whatever the scenario may be we just always turn to like wine nights or margarita nights or you know having a beer and Yes, it can be a relaxing and social aspect, but there are ways to do that with people that don't involve drinking if you don't want to. So I just, I like to open up that side of things too and kind of have you guys question whether or not you've just, you know, gotten in this habit of making it the norm, um, which is fine if it's something that you really enjoy and you think adds value to your life, by all means do it. But I think that as a society, we've just placed this emphasis on it that it's a necessity when in reality, most of us thrive more without it. Um, did you have something to say? No, I was just going to say from a coaching perspective, something that we work with our clients a lot on who are either heavy drinkers or trying to transition away from drinking or cutting down on drinking is to focus on what you're doing, where you are, who you're with as the primary sources of your entertainment 
as opposed to relying on you know food and drinks for you know why you're there that's not why you're there it's kind of why we all come together but there are other things to think about and and utilize as opposed to relying on those things again for that main source of entertainment which it shouldn't be yeah and let's kind of go into the fitness side of things and how alcohol could or could not I guess affect your fitness goals so you know obviously we work with a lot of clients on changing their body composition or who want to lose body fat or lose weight in general and drinking is a big part of their life so their first question to us is well do I have to cut it out completely is it really impacting my overall health and fitness goals so what is your response no, everything in moderation is fine. If you are drinking a couple drinks a week, or you know whatever the case is, if it's in moderation and it's not affecting you physically, by all means, incorporate it, enjoy it in moderation, balance it in your lifestyle. But there does reach a point where you know excessive drinking is absolutely going to limit muscle growth. Um, it's going to obviously create a caloric surplus in a lot of situations. So based on your drinks or based on what your choice ends up being, you just have to keep realistic expectations. If alcohol is a must for you, it's a non-negotiable, just have the expectation that things aren't gonna progress as well as they could be. If you wanna cut that out, you're gonna expect to see better results, but it's about what's most important to you and there's no right or wrong answer. It's again, keeping that realistic expectation, understanding how things are gonna go throughout and being okay with that. Don't get frustrated because you're drinking, you're not seeing results or you're over drinking, not seeing results. Whatever the case is, keep an open mind, figure out what's most important to you and make your decisions based on that. And I think one of the biggest things with drinking and alcohol as a whole is, you know, a lot of people will go out, have a few drinks. That's fine. You can probably account for those in your calories, in your macros. It's when you come home, you're more likely to eat that late night snack or, you know, binge on food or whatever the case is or, you know, stop for pizza on the way home. How many times in college have we stopped for dominoes on the way home from the bar? It just it's that decision that is made so much easier when you're already under the influence of alcohol. So then you're eating more food that you wouldn't have normally eaten if you weren't drunk or if you didn't have a few drinks. Um, So it all goes back to that choice and making good choices that add value to your life rather than take away and I think that you know you also have to like Josh said be realistic but don't get too caught up either way so if you're somebody who has a drink every night or has a glass of wine with dinner every night you also have to consider is this something that I really enjoy or is this just become a habit in my life that I just do automatically kind of mindlessly. So we talk a lot about mindset and building better habits with our clients. And this is a really big conversation I have with a lot of my female clients. And, you know, especially it's like this wine mommy culture out there where it's just normalized to have wine every night after the kids go to bed to kind of relax. But on the flip side of that, there is no research supporting that wine actually does allow you to relax relax actually increases your stress you're not going to sleep as good or get a deep sleep from it um so you kind of just have to think about all these different factors and you know we've talked about biofeedback in past episodes alcohol certainly does affect that if it isn't affecting your fat loss goals so you kind of just again have to consider if this choice and if this drink or whatever it is is adding value to your life to kind of piggyback on that a lot of you might scoff at the idea that sleep isn't better it's just because you fall asleep faster but the alcohol blocks your ability to go through those normal sleep cycles so we go back to how this is affecting your progress and your training 
by not going through those sleep cycles. You're not recovering as well as you should be. You're not building muscle. You're not increasing your, your testosterone. You're not maintaining those growth hormone levels. Everything's just affected because they're not getting replenished. Those hormones and the recovery factor isn't getting replenished through a restful sleep. You're sleeping, but it's not you know the way we want to sleep. It's not that recovery sleep. All right, so a few more points that I just wanted to bring up. How has, would you say, alcohol positive, positively affected our lives? Obviously, being sober as a whole, we live a more positive, happy life. But let's talk about like the specifics as far as how it's added value to our lives. Drinking alcohol? Not drinking alcohol, sorry. Uh, obviously, just remembering every day. That's pretty cool. But just, I think, making better decisions overall and collectively. Um, not basing my decisions on where can I go get hammered, where can I go black out, and then dealing with the repercussions of what I did when all that shit happened. Um, it's just I genuinely feel like a better person. I make better decisions. I care about people more. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The memory thing is a huge thing. I used to hate waking up the next morning after drinking and not knowing what the heck happened the night before that's not a good feeling i don't know anybody who enjoys that feeling um but also to compound on that i just feel way more mentally clear you know the ability just to like josh said make better decisions throughout our day when you wake up after a night of drinking you're first and foremost wasting a lot of the morning trying to get up and you feel really groggy and that hungover feeling just isn't productive um so you know waking up early starting my day early getting my morning workouts done i'm always hydrated i just feel i just feel at my best so when i think about how i used to feel on my day-to-day when i drank i would be taking naps i would be constantly craving carbs and just not feeling great overall my digestion was terrible um just everything that we talk about with biofeedback sleep stress soreness energy hunger digestion hormones all of that was struggling now all of that is thriving so i think that just making that simple choice to live a sober life adds so much value not only in the sense of having those memories but you just have more mental clarity to put it simply last question will we ever drink again why start now? It's uh, not a risk I'm willing to take with a kid and a whole lot of uh, things riding on our shoulders. So uh, just for the aspect of staying a good person, a productive person, a motivated person, I would not want to fall back into that trap. And addiction does run in my family. Alcoholism, uh, drug addiction, people have struggled with it that are very close to me. Um, so it's just something where I kind of feel like I caught a break. You know, even though this is a, a serious thing to deal with, um, it's kind of it's forced my hand a little bit as far as, you know, staying out of that trap, staying out of that mold and, and keeping my life on the right track. Yeah, I agree. I don't foresee myself having a drink in any aspect for the rest of my life. I just and now that I know how good life can be, it's almost like that just doesn't appeal to me in the least amount um i can still have fun and go out with friends and 
enjoy every single thing every single day with Kai and our puppies and life is just good that's to put it plain and simple um so to end this podcast I just want to list a couple of books for you guys the first one is called We Are the Luckiest I am only a few pages in but I already can tell it's an amazing book um it was recommended to me by a friend it's all about living a sober lifestyle so I absolutely recommend that and the other one is called Quit Like a Woman, so more geared towards the ladies listening, but both talk about alcoholism and, you know, exactly kind of what I was talking about before, how our country and how our world has just normalized it and thinking about the other side of things. So if you are more or if you're interested in hearing more about this topic, I highly suggest picking up those books on Amazon. I will try to link them in the show notes for you guys. I hope that you could take away at least a couple of tips or pointers that we gave you in this episode. I know it's kind of like a, a touchy, I guess, topic to talk about just because most people that we know at least do drink. Um, and like I said, we're not hating on you if you do. Obviously, a lot of our family and friends still drink and that's their decision. But I think that even if you took a month or a couple of months off just to see how good you could make your life and how good you could feel the results just will speak for themselves we're not about the detoxes but if you were to do an alcohol detox (laughs) that is something we support that is a good way to put it so thank you guys for listening i hope that you again enjoyed this episode we will be back next week with another one so stay tuned for that and we'll talk to you soon